Good day, everyone. Welcome to another week of Aussie Tech Heads, episode 556, 26th of October 2017. How you been? Hope your week's been good. I'm Glenn Goodman, and I'll be joined in a minute by Jason Warlock Oakley, and we're going to discuss some tech news that's happened through the week that's uh, piqued our attention, at least, anyway. So, uh, things like um, Has the Colonel. This divulged his 11 secret herbs and spices. Well, who knows? Is the Mac Mini making a comeback? Well, you will just have to stay tuned, won't you? All right, so we are brought to you by athwebhosting.com.au for all your little hosting needs, WordPress blogs, blah, blah, blah. You would have heard it at the start of the show. Uh, don't forget the AussieTechRadio.com. You can get that cross-platform, download the app, tune in radio, and uh, search for Aussie Tech Radio. You'll find it. You'll also find, if you're searching the Aussie Tech in the uh, tune in radio, you will also find the pod, this podcast, and you'll also find us in Spotify, uh, also with the Aussie Mac Zone, facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech youtube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Send us an email, glenn at aussietechheads.com.au or warlock at aussietechheads.com.au. All right, as I said, don't forget the Aussie Mac Zone, uh, and other, you can get other history lessons on of Obsidian Loft and Old Fart Geek and Aussie Tech Security. They all should be making episodes pretty soon. Well, I'll get on to Roger uh, and we'll get on to the other... Uh, well, Jason, we can ask him in a second. Good to Roger. Yeah, and uh, see what's going on there. G'day, Jace. How's it going? Good. It's it's uh, interesting that you mentioned KFC's Secret Herbs and Spices. Did you know that if you have a look at the KFC Twitter account, it only follows 11 people, six Spice Girls, and five guys called Herb. That's right. <laughs> is is that the uh, is that the secret? Who knows? Uh, what's the where's that story? It's got bits of Spice Girl in it. What? Yes. It's a yeah. So a guy who goes by the Twitter handle of I don't know E D G E double T E twenty two. He had a look. He had some spare time in his hands. So yeah, he looked up uh, at KFC. And yeah, JC follows. Oh, the Colonel follows eleven people, and it is pretty <laughs> funny, isn't it? Really. He follows the for the five Spice Girls by name. You got the Jerry, was it Horner? I thought it was Hallie Will. She get married or something? Master Mel Brown, Emma Bunton, and all that, and then just looks like five random herbs. Yep. So <laughs> that's pretty funny. Pretty funny. All right. Uh, yeah. KFC. Also, you can see my friend over there. It's one of these. Oh yes, that's right. Now, now we can also see. Uh, as you just held your hand up, we can see the the face. Of the oh, we can't now. It went off. But let the, me activate it. Yeah, uh, this is your new Fitbit Ionic. Yeah, and, I love it. Great watch. And you've created a new uh, face, time face, or something. There oh, there it was. A, <laughs> it was a quick flash. It was a quick flash. There, it's oh, detecting. Oh. It's detecting me moving it, so it comes on oh, when you look right. at it. But when you stop looking at it, it turns off to save battery power. Right, Do I go around that way. Oh, oh there that's we go. A, <laughs> it's a nice little, uh, well, it's a probably little, for those who can't see, a little plain white analog type yep. clock face. So it's not too bad. Now, you said that it was, how much that cost you? 450 or something? 447 at uh, Officeworks. Right. Because I'm, I'm just on their website now, actually, and I, I saw they've got a, they're up there for 299 But uh, look, I don't know. I reckon like stuff does seem to come out fairly much the same i think like everyone you know a lot of people do talk about the apple tax the australia tax and all that but when you when you look at these prices especially u.s prices like say 299 that's before any taxes most states have say they're about eight percent i think but say 10 to make it easy so all of a sudden you're up to 
say 330 and then say the exchange rate so that's going to give you another 100 so that's 430 shipping. and yeah well shipping and uh and then i guess you got gst if you're gonna yeah, yeah so 430 what'd you say yours was for 447 that's pretty much pretty much spot on so I don't think i'm hoping that by selling these uh watch faces and apps i'll be able to recoup some of that money <laughs> So the- but I, meant, I mentioned to uh, I mentioned the show to Fitbit John. He's one of the developers that's very active in the forum, and uh, we're also got a Discord, a uh, few rooms on Discord. So he's on there and uh, very helpful helping people out. And I said, oh yeah, I mentioned the uh, Fitbit Ionic on the, our podcast, and he's like, oh, what podcast is that? I was like Aussie Tech Heads. I'll probably mention it again tonight because we've got a show. Yeah. He had a look and he's like, "Wow, you guys have done so many shows." <laughs> it's well, well, five hundred and fifty-six. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Glenn started it all, and I've joined several years ago and become yeah. a regular. Yeah, really enjoying developing for it, and as you can see, you could do like steps and heart rate and calories and all this sort of stuff. A lot more things as well. Mm. So uh, I'll be sticking those onto all my uh, clock face apps. Now, how uh, can you just hold yours up? I just want to see how thick it is. Is it not as thick as some? Yeah, no, like on its side. Can I see that the side? No, like the yeah, that's it. That's not too bad. Because I'm thinking, like, I've just got the Apple Watch in my brain, and it just seems to me that it sort of pretty much it sits pretty high off the wrist, doesn't it? The Apple yeah, Watch. It sits yeah. up a bit. The other thing I don't like about those and some of the Android Wear ones is you have to charge them every night. Right. Yeah. They get eighteen to twenty hours, whereas this one you can probably charge every five or six days or oh, something like that. Yeah, that's nice. Now, where do you, obviously they've got an app store? Where do you where do you find your apps in particular? Uh, the app store won't be released for a few months yet because everyone's got to develop all their apps and they're ironing out um, features and stuff in the firmware, which will be updated to support the app store. Right. So once all that's done, we'll be able to put our apps in there. Oh, that's uh, that's like excellent that you're like in on the ground floor here because once that app store launches, bang, people are going to smash it, and then yep. and hopefully you know if you've got like a, a clock face or something, they'll be going yeah, yeah, woo, yeah, woo, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm hoping to have half a dozen done by the time they're ready. Plus, I want to put in a lot of options like um, choose the different backgrounds, um, different clock hands that go around or. I've got digital versions as well that have like the weather in the background. It connects to uh, Weather Underground and gets the local weather in your area, tells you the top right. um, temperature for the day, and then it'll put like a little cloud on there or or rain or a sun and things like that. So, so which what weather uh, weather service does it connect to? Did you say Under- the one that I'm using is? Uh, let me just check. Because there's one it's, that uh, will... weather underground. Yeah, I think that's the one that actually that also collects data from uh, users' weather stations. Is that right? Actually, so... hang on. I was going to use them, and I picked another one. Let me log into this. Hang on, let's have a look and see what we see. If I can get this up because there's one of them. open open weather map. Oh, okay, there, there was, I've, I've heard of the underground dot com. I guess. And well, I'm, they had they had sample code for open weather maps, so I decided to go with them. Yeah, so they already had the code; they didn't have to write it. And <laughs> it connected, and everything worked really fine straight from the start. Although it was funny because you can you can uh, request the weather to be the temperature to be sent to you in metric. Yep. So it'll give you Celsius or Imperial. 
to get Fahrenheit and I forgot to put that option in. So it said the current temperature is like 260 degrees. And I was like, <laughs> 200, what the heck is that? You and, are on the um, sun. <laughs> I, I made a joke to a friend of mine who I work with. I was like, he said, oh, all, all temperature is cold. And I said, oh, I thought maybe it's measured in Kelvin's, like the Kelvinate fridge. <laughs> and uh, I got an email back from Open Weather Map and they said the value that we send by default is in Kelvin's. So I, oh, oh. So it was right. All I have to do is convert it to Celsius or Fahrenheit, depending on what you choose in the Fitbit app. And uh, you, you've got user preferences like that. So if mm. you, you want to see it in Celsius, my app will detect that and automatically convert it and show it to you. Wow. It just rounds it up to the nearest degree. Yeah, that's was, pretty oh, cool. Okay, so it was kelvins and i made a joke about it. i should have just tried converting it in the first place but it turned out to be right so well, well, it's a lot of fun i really enjoy developing for it. it's all javascript and css so it's not even complex to do yeah oh that's all right that's good sounds good and it's, it's all in the cloud you do all your development in their studio cloud and you just um you click on select my watch so you tell your watch going to developer mode and you tell the website look for my watch on your local network and it finds it and you say whack this clock face or app on there and it transfers it through your Wi-Fi straight onto your watch. Oh, how good is that? I might hmm. have to keep an eye on those little things. when I, I'm not, I don't wear watches anymore since I've got the phone, but that, I, I do like the look of that one, to be honest. But just with the uh, weather thing, did you know just a bit of a tidbit information? You know when the, when the weather announcers are saying, you know, it's going to be hot today or it's going to be it's co it's cold in the morning, hot in the afternoon or whatever. Yep. Did you know if it, if the temperature is below 17, it's always it's a it's cold and a low of 15 or cold and a low of 6. So it's always yep. cold. If it's uh higher than 17, it's always hot. So it's, a, it's hot and 22 or hot and 27. And 17 is the only number where it's cool. Ah. It's cool and 17, apparently. So, so should you hit or stay on 17? So you should, no, it's got to stay on 17. Stay on 17? Yeah. Don't hit? You no. might go over 21 and then you'll be bust. That's, well, yes, that's right. Don't do that. Go and see Jack. Now, yes, let's get on with some other stories because I'm sure there's some other things to talk about. Like, for example... Oh, good old MSY. They're in trouble. They've been in trouble. Uh, they've been in trouble a couple of times, actually. I think I'm going to have a heart attack and die of not surprise about this story, <laughs> and I'll tell you why in a minute. Oh, okay. I think oh, I do remember your little story. But, yeah, so MSY, oh, I think we all know who they are. They're your local PC parts retail store. You know, customer service might be a bit lacking, but, hey. That's cheap. why I call them messy. Yes, yes. MSY, pronounced messy. So, who? <laughs> So you can go to their site, msy.com.au. So um, anyway, late last year, they, they breached the Australian Consumer Law Act by representing consumers' rights to, by misrepresenting consumers' rights to repairs, replacements, and refunds when they purchase faulty products. Now, the ACCC uh, accused MSY of a litany of offences that it had discretion over whether a customer was entitled to a remedy for a faulty product, that it chose which remedy it would provide to customers, and that it only provided remedies for products returned within seven days. Uh, that MSY may have required the customer to pay an administration fee to receive a remedy for a faulty product that was out of warranty. That bit's okay, isn't it? If it's out of warranty, pay a fee. That's all right. Yeah. And it did not provide any remedies over faulty software. Ooh. Now, as I said, this is the second 
act time that they've been in trouble. And the first one was back in 2011. Now, what happened to you, Jay? Sounds like you have a first-hand experience story. Yes, well, when I bought this computer that I'm using right now, I bought it in parts on their website and I just went in to collect it. When I took it home, hooked it all up, wouldn't boot up. Mm. So um, I had a look through and tried taking out various cards and things and swapping things around and was like, well, it could be the RAM, it could be the motherboard, could be the power power supply, uh, CPU. Maybe the CPU was faulty. It happened. So I took it all back to them and I said, uh, one of these things doesn't work, and um, I, if you just give me the replacement part, then I'll uh, I'll put it in there myself. And they're like, no, you have to tell us which one is <laughs> faulty. I'm like, well, you can't tell that until you've got all of the working parts, and then you know which one is, you know, if the CPU is faulty, then it won't boot up. If the motherboard is faulty, it won't boot up. Mm. If the power supply is not putting out the right amount of voltage, then it won't boot up. That's right. So they're like, well, if you can tell us which one of those, we'll give you the part. And I'm like, well, that, that's so, not possible to tell. If you just give me the parts, I'll sit over here in the corner yeah. and put it together myself. <laughs> it won't, you won't have any labor costs or anything. I'll just do it. Mm. No, no, no. If you can't tell us which one it is, we'll charge you $40 mm. on your brand new stuff that you bought this morning, which is mm. obviously still under warranty. Yeah. I, and we'll put it in. So they got another motherboard, put it in. It turned out it was a faulty motherboard. Everything else was fine. So they should have had a free replacement for a faulty motherboard, which they sold me. Yes. So they charged me $40 because they're like, well, we're going to have to test all these things. I'm like, no, you mm. don't. They're like, yep, that's how we work. So take it or leave it. Mm. So I guess, uh, yeah, that, that is probably a tricky situation, isn't it? Where you, you can't be sure what the problem part is. Uh, I but, should have guessed. I was like, it's probably the motherboard. Can't be 100% sure, but I'll guess. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, well, if I get it wrong, it's going to be $40. So Yeah, but I think what, what yeah, what just out of oh, whether it just be goodwill or something else, you know, like those dudes are computer people. They should have, as you said, you know, you had all the parts there. That doesn't take long. Everyone always says you want, you want cheap stuff and you're a tech person, go to MSY. If you want support. Go somewhere, somewhere else. Because <laughs> support is not one of their best things. No, that's even if you can get through the language barrier to start yep. with. So, uh, yeah. But look, to be honest, I, I haven't had a problem with MSY. I haven't had anything faulty. So, um, look, I've bought a couple of... Oh, I've got one of the, I've bought a couple of these, actually. Apart from, them, from, apart from that, they're usually pretty good, you know. Yeah, I bought these little Bluetooth dongles. You know, it says Windows 10 on them. But do you think they plug in and work? No. Nope. nope. <laughs> so, about 20 bucks each because I wanted to but then again I'm trying to use this feature on Windows 10 where you can uh, connect your phone to the Bluetooth on your computer and then if yep. you walk away from the computer the computer will automatically lock and that's what I was yeah they, they got that on the um, when you've got a smartwatch it doesn't have to be Fitbit but Fitbit or um, Android Wear and Apple will have it for theirs as well that um, as soon as you you pair your smartwatch to your Android phone, it says, hey, do you want to use this as a smart unlock? So long as your watch is near the phone, we can unlock it for you anytime you want without having to go through all the passcode and fingerprint scanning or anything like that. And you can also, mm. as you were saying, you could use your watch, in fact, to unlock the computer when you come near it. But I'm like, well, you know, if I've got my phone around and somebody yanks it out of my pocket somehow or I've got it on the table and they take it and they stay within the area, it's going to stay unlocked and they can get into yes. it. Yeah. I'd rather just, for the security, I'd rather just let it 
as it is, I just put my finger on and uh, scan the finger for it. Well, I was pretty keen to get it working just to move, if you move away from the desktop, that it, yeah. would, it would shut. And look, I thought, oh, I can't get this working. It's not pairing the phone properly. So anyway, I went to the laptop because, you know, Windows 10, Bluetooth built into it, not a dongle. I still couldn't get the stupid thing working. So I just thought, ah, Windows 10. <laughs> so I'll come back again one day and give it another shot, I guess. But uh, Will will convince you that you should be on Windows 7 because it was the last good one and nobody should get anything else. Ah. <sighs> No, Will. No, you gotta, you gotta move on. It's... He he hasn't. <laughs> Still has the computer problems there. Yeah, well, there you go. You gotta move on, Will. It's, it's not even supported anymore. Is it's it? the future. That's right. Windows Ten. Give it to me. Now, uh, there's also more ransomware coming out or come out. It's called yeah, Bad Rabbits. Yeah. So you have you seen any instances of this? I think it's just been in Russia or Ukraine at the minute. So you wouldn't have probably... Do you see... I haven't come across it, no, but um, we do have the ability to put in scanning for that kind of thing in our system. Yeah, so apparently this bad rabbit hit Russia and other nations on Tuesday, affecting Russian Interfax news agency and causing flight delays at Ukraine's airport. Didn't think that would be a busy airport, but it, it might yes, be. It is. <laughs> I'll, I'll never be there. Uh, attackers quickly infected critical infrastructure, including transportation operators, indicating it was a well-coordinated campaign. So said Robert Libovsky, a researcher with cyber firm ESET. Now, Kaspersky Lab said bad rabbit... Kaspersky Lab, that trustworthy one that we were talking about every time for the last few weeks. Yeah, I've got another story following up uh, <laughs> about them. Now, Kaspersky Lab said that the bad rabbit appeared to spread through a mechanism similar to June's not Petra virus. Kapersky said it was investigating to see if it was theirs. Ah, oh, no, that said it was investigating. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Eugene, he's having it rough at the moment, isn't he? he I, is. saw, I just saw an announcement that they're going to um, open up the source code and submit it to companies in America so that they can scrutinise it and make sure that they're not stealing US documents. They are, and that, that's my that's the the next that's one of my other stories that we'll oh. continue on with. <laughs> it's, um, so, you, do you know any Jumping more the about gun it? a bit there? Well, I, I can keep. I'll, I'll keep going if you, you want. Keep going. Oh, okay, and you, you can tell some add in the bits at the end. Uh, Kaspersky Lab, yes, as Jay said, it's going to wants to submit their software, their antivirus, and all previous versions as well uh, to third party. I don't know investigators, I suppose, or whatever. Uh, re, so, uh, what's going to happen is because there's been a lot of issues, and I think it sort of came about pretty much of late after the US administration last month barred government agencies from using Kaspersky Lab antivirus products. So there's also a little story around uh, that Kaspersky had yeah, actually uploaded or downloaded yeah, some intelligent documentation from the US department somewhere. Yeah, they said that they thought the software was searching for the words top secret and confidential and stuff and anything it finds, mm. send it Kaspersky so they can give it to the Russians. Yeah, so that was the go. But I mean, and as that story went on, I get, you know, someone, one of the reporters or something went and asked Kaspersky about it, said, what do you do? What do you think about the guys uploading this stuff? And he goes, well, once we saw what it was, we deleted it straight away, of course. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so who knows? Who knows? 
Uh, it's also vowed to have outside parties review other aspects of its business, including software development. Now, reviews of its software, which is used apparently on about 400 million computers worldwide. Uh, Let's do it properly, Glenn. 400 million. million. Sorry. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Million. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> reviews of its software. Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, this is all going to happen starting next year. Uh, I don't know. I tried Kaspersky on, on my machine. I'd go to a few customers' places. They've got Kaspersky. I don't really care too much, I suppose. Like, geez, what are they going to, what do you got on your computer there? The Ruskies are going to want from you. Exactly. <laughs> That's why a lot of people are like, oh no, the CIA can get in my computer. They're like, why would they bother? I mean, how important do you think you are <laughs> that right. the CIA is desperately trying to hack into your computer? <laughs> They're going to get Nana's knitting schedule. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> See what she's doing on a on a Sunday morning at the back of the church. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so that's that's what's happening there. So it's all it's all been going on, hasn't it? It's all been going on. Uh, what have you found this week, Jace, that you thought was uh, interesting? Well, you, you like a good laugh, right? Every day. Every we day. can expect faster broadband plans in time for Christmas, says the man in charge of rolling out the country's national broadband network. I'll turn it up. You, it's been a busy week for NBN executive Bill Morrow after going on a media blitz to coincide with the ABC's Four Corners program, we should say expose or something, <laughs> which reported on problems with the NBN. Mr Morrow spent Tuesday night getting grilled by politician at Senate Estimates. The NBN boss faced questions on the so-called digital divide in Australia between those with superior fibre connections. Oh. <coughs> <coughs> yes, Jase. Yes, I know. To the home I and Australia's been serviced by copper along the final length of the connection. He refuted the notion that multi-technology mix NBN created a digital divide, saying it was an insult to those who are still waiting for fuss. What? <laughs> There's no divide. It's an insult to the people who can't get it who are on the other side of the divide. Don't insult them because um, there's no divide. Well, okay. I've, I've been insulted, so it's this too late. This is not the divide you're looking for. <laughs> it's not the great divide. Yeah, <laughs> we insult you every week, don't we? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> look, I think it might have been after last week's show. I went in and had a look at the MBN, you know, it was due yep. in my area. And then I started thinking, I started Googling a little bit more and I started seeing these stories or these things come up in the forums of certain places like Telstra, you know, crowd support or whatever they call themselves. Yep. And it was going, oh, the HFC's rubbish. You know, don't oh. change over to it. It's no good and blah, blah, blah. And one of the funniest things was there's this guy, and he writes and he goes, this is my experience, part one. And so, <laughs> so he writes, he goes, right, I ordered the, the broadband today. I ordered NBN on the HFC, and the technician is due to come this afternoon. I'll be back for part two. So, you know, I, whatever, a couple of days obviously went past, and the old mate comes back into the forum, part two. Well, the NBN guy came today, and, you know, he was on time, and then something went wrong, so he had to go. And then he come back again. <laughs> he goes, I'll let you know how it all went in part three. And that was it. <laughs> Still waiting. There was no kids on the edge of our seats, Glenn. Come on. <laughs> and, but the, all the, the comments underneath the part two was, oh, his internet's never been back up. That's why part three <laughs> He can't post. <laughs> It hasn't come back on yet. He's, we're still waiting for part three. 
That's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Bill Morrow also fielded questions on the threat of 5G mobile broadband to the NBN and the troublesome pricing structure of the wholesale network, which ISPs complain is too expensive. Ooh. NBN charges retails like Telstra, TPG, Australia, and Aussie broadband save and on the cost of living this as well as a network capacity charge for the amount of bandwidth they want to provision for their customers called the Connectivity Virtual Circuit, CVC fee. When ISPs skimp on this, it causes problems for the end user. When asked about the current pricing review underway by NBN Co, Mr. Murray said he expects to have better value broadband plan offerings by the end of the year. We're hoping we can put together something for the public by the end of the year. There'll be an announcement before Christmas. I promise you, he told a Labor senator, Aww. if we can do something to say how about we have a fair more far more attractive price that gives you a 50 meg speed product and we have some inconclusive CVC that comes with that and an attractive growth rate thereafter. Now we're talking, he said. <laughs> In order to break even, the NBN needs to collect about $52 a month from retail service providers per connection, Mr. Well, Morris previously said. Currently, they're collecting about 43 the NBN boss also defended the decision to pay out $109 million in bonuses to company staff, despite complaints about the network rising considerably in the past year. Mr. Morrow was paid $3.6 million in the past financial year, but he said he took a 7% cut to his bonus for the period, so everything's okay, don't worry about it. There is a customer experience measure that determines a certain level of bonus system and how it's paid out. The board chose not to pay out on that measure because it could have been better. Three point six million. This is all I'm taking out of that story. But he took seven percent pay cut. Come on, it's like there's yep. this company I worked at, and they wanted everybody worldwide to take a fifteen to twenty five percent pay cut mandatory. And the the uh, CEO at the time said, "I'm going to forfeit my." Um, my pay, I'm going to take like 50% pay cut of my $1 million a year. Yeah. So I'm showing solidarity with you. Yes. Uh, he didn't mention what he'd done with the $42 million bonus he got <laughs> six months previously, which if he paid that back, nobody would have had to lose any money. <laughs> oh, it's but a reward, isn't it? It's a reward. At but least in Australia, the law was that we had to vote whether we would take the pay cut. And we said, so if we take this pay cut, it'll be temporary, right? And then once the company's good again, mm. then it'll just go back up to where it was. No, no, that's your new level from now on. You have to work your way back up there with rises well, if you, you're good enough and stuff. Yeah. So Australia said, nope. Yeah. And so we didn't lose any of our pay because we the law said that we could vote on it, whereas yeah, other countries, right. they're like 25% gone from you, 25 from you. There we go. I saved the company. Yeah, well, I think that happened with, uh, was it one of the car manufacturers or something back a little while ago where they took a pay cut because otherwise, you know, they'd lose, they'd just lose all their jobs. Well, they've lost yep. them all anyway. But, um, yeah. but, you know, but that's, yeah, look, that thing's out there. But when you see the guy, yeah, like, well, I can't see. Look, all I took out of that story was three point, this guy gets paid $3.6 million. For, the, for looking after the NBN so well that he's done. What a yeah. great job. Yeah, and then 109 million in bonuses. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. And Malcolm, was it Malcolm Turbull just this week or early last week or late last week said that the NBN's never going to make a profit for the government? Yeah. So, and the, and the intention is to sell it off to like Murdoch or Telstra once there's enough rolled out. But if it's not viable for them, then they're not going to want it. it. No, that's right. And it's a lemon. 
Yeah, so, look, and I think it's mainly because, I don't know, is that is it people just not, people must be taking it up if it passes your house. They're trying to. They're trying to. That's the problem. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you end up with people like my friend who's in Sydney and the next suburb has got it, but his can't get it, probably because of political reasons. Obviously, there's some sort of political boundary, boundary. there. That side can get it, which is like... Uh, I guess you would say a lower class area than where he is, which isn't that particularly high anyway. <laughs> yes, yeah. And um, they can have it. It's like the other side of the train line, and he's on this side, which is one kilometre away from the train line. He can't have it. But he, people, uh, he people will who get can it. see the next door neighbour or the guy across the road can get it. They can't get it. Mm. But I think that they will eventually get it, like everyone. And I think it was well, there was another. Some I can't look. I can't remember who said what these days. But but they also said that. Uh, you know, with all this hybrid sort of technology, you know, so fibre to the node and then fibre to the to the node and then copper to the house and all this. I think that's the thing that's causing most of the problems is the mix of technology, which I think you yep. spoke about before. Uh, yep. And and that's causing all the problems. But then I think it must have been a representative from the, the, the NBN must have come on the telly and he goes, well, everyone can have fibre to the home. If you've got it to the node, you can still get it to the home, but you've got to pay for it yourself. And, yeah, and so $1,000. Yeah, Journo goes, well, how much is that going to cost? Because my ears are picked up and thought, oh, you know, if it's 1000 bucks, we'll give it a go, you know. And he goes, oh, it could be anywhere from $23,000 upwards. Yeah. <laughs> Easy go, done. What? Everyone can afford that. Yeah, you go, what? But anyway, it's crazy. But anyway, I'm, I'm due for MBN. And I don't know if I've, I'd have a choice if, if for me to change over. I'm going to be on that HFC. So if it comes down the cable, and the other thing I don't get, is you know Telstra? I'm on Telstra cable, and then Telstra MBN is is a little bit cheaper. Well, it's a, it's a lot cheaper, and yeah. and it's it's a better service, like more uploads, faster uploads, and everything. Like, well, it depends because I've seen a lot of people on places like Reddit who had like Telstra cable or something similar over cable, and then. That was taken away, and they were given NBN over exactly the same cable, and now get about a tenth of the speed that they were getting before. Yeah, on the same cable. The cable hasn't rubbish. changed. No, yeah, it's all right. Look, I just brought up yeah. the Telstra side here, and we're going down the plans. Gigabytes. What? Who came up with that marketing? <laughs> God, the which one? Oh, g- Gigglebytes. Loads of Gigglebytes. <laughs> Oh, God. And, and why do they... What I they, just want to see more funny goats. <laughs> what, why do they... That what they... Goat simulator. Download that. <laughs> 500 times. Uh, yeah, another little... I'm sure a little, you know, bugbear is for everyone is why a gig is a 1,000 meg and a terabyte is a 1,000 gig. But, yeah. Um, anyway, we're over that by now. Oh, but look, no, these, these prices are still pretty high, actually. So that's on a plan... Okay, MBN information. Oh, that was a plan. Okay, so mine mine's um month to month $99 a month, 140 and Netflix not included. All right, well let's go minimum here we go. So 12 month plan. We're going to have to do a month to month. Here we go. Oh, I just got a desktop notification. Tried Candy Crush. So <laughs> so Soda Saga on Telstra. your desktop. God, Telstra, come on. It's true. You can play right here, right now. Why not just click here? Why'd that come up? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so what Bursky's into your system, man. <laughs> oh, rabbit, rabbit. <laughs> bad rabbit. Bad rabbit. For a terabyte. 
very bad the rabbit. Will seems to like his Telstra uh, hub. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's on NBN still. Yeah, he's on he's on the Telstra hub NBN. He said the new one that's just come out is probably twice the speed of the old one on the same wires. So, oh yeah, but his last install was a bit dodgy, wasn't it? Or was that the house before? Before, yeah, yeah, where they had it going across the wall and then 90-degree <laughs> angle into the wall, bending the, the glass. Oh, I love it. They love it up in Ibby. Now, <laughs> well, get, just quickly, get off this subject. My, my roadmap said IPE switch. IPE switch. Yep. There you go. Uh, what it, or IP switch. <laughs> That's a better one. Switch IP. Now, how much was yours again and how much for? $99 a month. Yep. Month to month, one terabyte, and Netflix traffic not included in your data. Well, there you go. So, yeah, so it tells you a little bit more expensive than that, but uh, no one would be surprised. Uh, so, look, another thing I've noticed going going through this week is a lot of people, a lot of these telcos, uh, they're changing the way they're selling phones. Like they're not really... Uh, but there's more options now, not just bundling them up and selling you on a plan and all this sort of stuff. I think it was Vodafone might have was it Vodafone that started it. Uh, they offered, they said, okay, you can you can buy the phone from us on contract, but we'll just say whatever the phone is divided by twelve or twenty four. That's what you owe us each month. Which yep. fair, okay, that's pretty good. Now, uh, Maysim has launched an online devices store as well. Now they're going to do something similar. They claim that, and they claim that customers can get up to two hundred dollars in savings on devices such as Apple iPhones and Galaxy Note eights and all that other sort of stuff. Uh, so I had a look, as you do, and so the iPhone eight at Amazing was a thousand thirty five, and on the Apple Store it's a thousand seventy nine. So not a big saving there, but mm-hmm. if you are in the market for a iPhone or another phone right now before October 31st, you go to this Amazing site and they've got a code to get 10% off. Hmm. So if you're after an, an iPhone 8, 1,035 minus another 100, that's not, not, not too bad. That's not yep. too bad. Uh, so Amazing will introduce a no lock-in financing option uh, at an unspecified date that will not be linked to customers' phone plans, allowing users to change providers, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Keep your phone, just keep paying off your phone or whatever. The store will also offer more products in the future as part of its intention to become a true online tech store, adding product categories such as laptops, drones, personal audio gaming, VR, and more. Mm. So, yeah, that's interesting. Now, just on a quick side note, I uh, went to the high school where my girl's going to next year. And yep. they got a thing, they had an elective subject, can you believe it, in Year 7, it was uh, something or other, but it was all about 3D printing. Cool. So, yeah, so she ticked that box. Steve loves that, you know. Yes, yes, as we found out, yes. I, what about, I don't know if you guys had a chance to go through, oh, did we mention that on the show, or was that after the show? Oh, we well, talked about the three D printing, I think. Yeah, I think so. Well, he, he if it, if we didn't mention it on the show, and you find what I'm talking about interesting, email me and I'll get you some links. But it, yeah, he did put links so they're in the show notes. But yeah, just links to pages with all these the the plans to all these three D free. I'm free. I know. I yeah. know. How good's that? It's great. <laughs> all right. Uh, what else, Jace? What else is happening? Well, since mid-September, a new IoT botnet has been grown to massive proportions. Codename IoT Reaper, researchers estimate its current size at nearly 2 million infected 
two million infected <laughs> devices. According to researchers, the botnet is mainly made up of IP-based security cameras, routers, network storage devices, network video recorders, and digital video recorders, primarily from vendors such as Netgear, D-Link, Linksys, GoAhead, JAWS, Acron, AV Tech, MicroTik, TP-Link, and Synology. The botnet reuses some Mirai source code, but it's unique in its own right. Unlike Mirai, which relied on scanning for devices with weak or default passwords, this botnet was put together using exploits for unpatched vulnerabilities. The botnet's author is still struggling to control his botnet as researchers spotted over 2 million affected devices sitting in the botnet's command and channel server's queue waiting to be processed. <laughs> and now the botnet has not been used in live DDoS attacks, but the capability is in there. Today is the one-year anniversary of the DIN DDoS attack, and the article points out, adding this week, both the FBI and Europol warned about the dangers of leaving Internet of Things devices exposed online. Yes, we can't do that. That was going through cameras, baby cameras, printers, uh, everything, wasn't everything. it? Everything, yep. Yeah, probably even door, door chimes and all this sort <laughs> and, of stuff. And most of those are not getting updated, although some of the good quality ones like Ring door chimes get firmware updates all the time automatically applied hmm what's the what's the answer to that do you think there's going to be a standard thing that where everything has to have some sort of gateway for firmware updating but then i just probably create a bigger hole to start with or better still have more blocking from the internet so your device doesn't if there's no need for it to connect to the internet then mm. why is it yeah but um, as um is it Steve on uh, security now always said the S in IoT is for security? <laughs> it doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not there. <laughs> Especially when you've got default passwords and plain text passwords and stuff like that on all these little cameras all around your house that mm. people can look in your house and see what you're up to. I know, I know. I, uh, there's a web page, isn't there? You can, I think, it's a open, open security cameras or something. You Google it, you'll find it. Uh, but it'll just list country by country, and it'll just give you addresses of just cameras that are open. <laughs> you can just go and have a look. <laughs> uh, it's funny. It's a bit like Gogglebox, only for real people. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, you can look, sit there, film yourself, uh, get a camera pointing at you. Whose who's camera are we going to look inside their house today? Oh, here's Jim Bob down the road. No, Jim Bob, don't do that. That's terrible. <laughs> you could probably make a bit of a show out of something don't like that. Don't put coriander in that one. That's disgusting. <laughs> I hate coriander. Oh, no, the kale. Now, <laughs> uh, Apple hints at a Mac Mini comeback. I didn't, <gasps> didn't know it actually went anywhere, but... Anyway. Yep. They haven't had any updates or anything happening with that for years. No. Well, that doesn't disappoint me too much because I've got a Mac Mini sitting in front of me that's doing the recording of the audio right now. And I, I guess if they're not updating the hardware, you know, you just hope that that's just going to make it last longer for software updates. You have High Sierra? I don't know. Whatever the latest one is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. There's no updates ready to go. Um, how do I find out? I'll tell you. Hang on. Usually um, about this Mac under the Apple menu. I'll just have a little look. It's got, oh no, it's just Mac OS Sierra. Maybe I have been dudded. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Maybe, I, maybe software update. No, you watch this will crack. crack an update during the show. Yeah, I know. Remember Leo did that one time <laughs> to restart the podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> um, no, I'm on Sierra. So I'm, I'm, I must be out. I must be too old. 
maybe High Sierra hasn't come out for them yet. Mm. But uh, yeah, so anyway, look, I put a, a SSD in mine. Oh, Michael yep. did. Thank you, Michael. That'd be um, nice. But yes, uh, well, I had to pay for it. But... I'm never going to buy a non-SSD computer ever again. No. Why well, would you? Like, my desktop here's got... The only good thing that the um, spindle ones were good for, you could turn on your computer when you're at work and then you've got an excuse to go make a coffee for 10 minutes. That's right. Have a chat to the guys around the coffee, the kitchen and then dawdle back to your desk like, oh, the computer might be ready now. Yeah. Well, I think, like, when I turn mine on, uh, it's SSD. It's probably had current format or, you know, last time I formatted maybe, geez, I don't know, Six months ago, I guess, yep. uh, and and the Windows Ten, so it loads. I think that little circle on underneath the window probably doesn't get two times around, and it's how many bounces? Bounces of what? Remember, that was a big thing with Steve Jobs when he brought oh. out the new Macs, and when you click on one of the icons in the ta- in the taskbar across the bottom, yep. if two bounces and it would load up your app, then he was really happy. Yeah. Yeah, until the update. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so anyway, Mac Minis, uh, this guy by the name of Kra, K-R-A-R, took matters into his own hands and emailed Tim Cook, expressing <gasps> his un- undying love for the Mac Mini and asking, when will there be more updates in the future? Oh, uh, Tim Cook, that's Eric's friend, isn't it? Yes, Eric yeah. and Tim Cook go way back. <laughs> surprisingly tim cook responded saying that how do you get tim cook's email anyway can you do that not cook at apple.com <laughs> you could probably give it a shot uh yes anyway tim cook responded saying that although it is not necessarily the time to reveal any details we do plan for mac mini to be an important part of our product line going forward so i don't mind that i think the mac minis are great they are the cheapest way to get into the Macverse. The Mac Mini is still the most affordable desktop machine in the lineup, mostly because it does not come with a mouse, keyboard, or display. While very outdated, the device is still on sale at the Apple Store. It's unlikely. Oh, that's close. It's tcook at apple.com. There you go. Well, how do you find that? Is, it, is that just a public publicly known? Isn't Google it? for Tim Cook's email address. <laughs> Google knows everything, doesn't it? Yep. They're so good. All right. Uh, that's good. Mac Mini. Um, what else, Chase? You popped a few stories. They make really good... Um, uh, movie watching, you could put yeah. like on there and stream the movies to it and watch your ABC iView and all that sort of stuff. Oh, I know people have thrown the Apple server software onto them, yep, and done that. And uh, yeah, as you said, yeah, movies put a nice little computer for the little movies to the watch. Now, just as a just in passing, once again, uh, just as a, a tech question from me to you <gasps> is ooh, you know, your NAS that you've got going there, yep, now. It's got software in it, hasn't it? Because that's how you get your, your GUI up and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, um, it's got Linux on there and it's got a web interf- a web front end that you can uh, manage everything from. Now, what do you do, if anything, for the protection against CryptoLocker and so forth, ransomware? Uh, as Because it's attached to your network, if you did get a ransomware, it would crawl through to the NAS? Or would it? Or wouldn't it? Or, yeah, yeah. Or, there, have, there have been um, SynLocker... Uh, crypto locking um, trojans that have gone around the internet specifically written for Synology. They have updates that come out all the time, and it's it's quite interesting because uh, they when they release it, it's two a.m. Australia time. So I get an email 
during the night, which I don't see until I wake up at like eight o'clock and I look at my phone and it says, uh, your Synology server is about to have an update applied. If you don't want this to happen, press cancel within the next 10 minutes. And I'm like, well, That's that was happened. six hours ago. <laughs> but I want it to be kept up to date and to prevent mm. all these things. And they have patches and yeah. stuff happening all the time to prevent that. So, But, can, but it, the, the way that the ransomware or the crypto locker say works as it just finds out so so it finds out that you've got network it finds out all your documents on there and it just encrypts them so you're saying that all their updates are good enough that they can they can stop the server itself getting hacked is what i mean yeah right but if you got the desktop hacked then there's not much you can do really to to prevent not really it does have um i think uh, for linux they use clam av antivirus which you could install on there if you wanted to right right yeah no just a thought because i just i was thinking here today of i've, I've uh, given the uh my daughter access to like the photos on the yep. you know read only of course but yeah then, uh, yeah but if she if she starts clicking on you've got a parcel ready come and pick it up <laughs> you well, don't know do you <laughs> yeah am i am i screwed or what <laughs> quite possibly mm, lucky i got backup yeah, they usually those um devices usually have also um automatic backup to a cloud so you could have it backup to somewhere mm. now what can you expect if you start texting in honolulu while you're crossing the road these days well, the Hawaiian city of Honolulu has resorted to fining people up to $99 for staring at their devices to try and force people to look up from their phones when crossing the road. The new law gives police the power to fine people up to $35 for their first offence, 75 for their second and 99 thereafter, perhaps expecting it to take quite some effort to get people to take notice. The bill which comes into force has been, after being rubber-stamped by the Hawaiian city mayor in July, states that no pedestrian shall cross the street or highway while viewing a mobile electronic device. Mobile phones are included as well as any text messaging device, paging device, personal digital assistant, laptop, computer, video game, or digital photographic device. But audio equipment is excluded. Holding a conversation on the phone while walking is still permitted, as is using a device in an emergency, but crossing the road while texting, reading, or Facebooking, as millions around the world do every day, is not and we've all seen those fail videos on YouTube where someone's looking at their device and walks into the side of a building or a sign or a car or something. So yes. they probably need something to stop the stupid people. Well, that's it, isn't it? But could, can't you just put these things down to, like, natural selection? Darwin go, Awards. Oh, well. <laughs> yes. I know, um, oh, like years ago, or a couple of years ago, I should say, not years, but a couple of years ago, you know, I was listening to John Laws and he was going on about how it's one of his pet peeves. He goes, these stupid people walking across the road, I'm bipping me horn and all this sort of stuff. Hello, world. <laughs> I just happened to tune in the other day. Uh, must have been when this story was sort of coming out and he, yeah. he, he jumped onto it. He was onto it. And he goes, well, it's about, it's about time. I think they should have it in here. And you're shame, well. shame, shame. <laughs> That's a hinch. It's cinchy. Yeah. <laughs> shame. Shame, Lozzy, shame. All right, what else have I got here? I've got another one coming, I think. Here we go. Oh, here's one here. Uh, IBM and the Australian Open are no longer in bed together. Now, you would remember if you watched the tennis, that, and I do. I don't watch the tennis that much, but as a kid, I, well, not as a kid, but it's only been 
whatever. But anyway, IBM, uh, no more. You're still a kid at heart, Glenn. <laughs> That's right. So they've moved on. They've parted ways. Now, IBM provided a range of technology services to Tennis Australia, including web hosting and IT services, as well as functionality for fans, such as iOS and Android apps. Now, neither of the two confirmed which party... Uh, uh, cancelled the contract, although a number of well-placed sources suggested that IBM made a strategic decision to withdraw from the Australian Open, which cost millions of dollars, millions of dollars each year in sponsorship fees, as as well as value in sponsorship fees, as well as value in kind services. So I imagine that would be if you want to. Uh, have a imagine, imagination would be something like uh, staffing of, of some computer terminals or little kiosks or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah it's understood the IBM t- yeah typically sent dozens of engineers to Melbourne. Uh, he, they also provided a footprint in its North Carolina data centre as well as a redundant facility. Now IBM first partnered with the Australian Open in 1993. It's a fair it's a fair uh, partnership. Uh, what's that twenty uh, 10, 24 years or something, whatever I said. Now, the launch of the, the, the what's something the innovations that IBM have brought to the Australian Open or the tennis in general, the launch of the SpeedServe system in 1993, data analytics and social media sentiment analysis, highly trafficked website which surges during the two-week tournament. The site provides players, officials, media and fans with updates, scoring, the ability to watch videos, check timetables and engage with the tournament. Cloud provisioning, technology to scale and manage the computing capacity for the site which received more than 17 million unique visitors in 2015. And it didn't fall over like the census site? No, no. As I was reading through the story, I was thinking, I wonder if they're sort of getting, you know sick of it but it looks like ibm might have actually pulled this one the slam tracker data visualization feature so yeah and look if, if you're on the video there's a picture of their operations center there you go isn't that good there's a few people there a few computers they're all laptops how's that all right uh and what else you got jace you got you got you put, popped a few more stories in there right at the end yeah oh, Good Google, boy. in collaboration with bug bounty platform HackerOne, has launched a Google Play security reward program, which promises $1,000 to anyone who can identify security vulnerabilities and participate in Google Play apps. 13 apps are currently participating, including Tinder, Duolingo, Dropbox, Snapchat, and Headspace. If you find a security vulnerability in one of the participating apps, you can report that vulnerability to the developer and work with them to fix it. When the problem has been resolved, the Android security team will pay you $1,000 as a reward on top of any reward you get from the app developer. Google will be collecting data on the vulnerabilities and sharing it anonymized with other developers who may be exposed to the same problems. Mm. For HackerOne, it's about attracting more and better participants in a bounty program. Now, I read that story on another another site, and it didn't quite read like that. So that's, that's that I can understand that better. The, the way I read it on the other site was that Google was offering a thousand dollars for for um, uh, identifying bugs or whatever, but only in the Play Store or the Android system. And I thought, uh, yeah, and I thought, well, that's a bit tight. Thousand dollars, like, jeez, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's something that's going to you know promote and improve that worldwide platform. But that makes sense. That's that's good. So yeah, you can you can help someone fix up their app, submit it, and get another thousand. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah love it. Like it. 
And now, then you might meet someone on Tinder while you're at it. Well, you could do. But I'll tell you what you won't be able to do, and that <laughs> is you won't be able to make a Patreon account if you are making porn. Oh, that's uh, sad. Yes. Not that I would. I mean, who's going to watch it? But I, I, that's exa- <laughs> I would if I could. All right? <laughs> that's but I can't. So porn is no longer allowed. The Patreon service updated its rules last week to explicitly ban the sale of pornographic content. <laughs> Good wording. And provision of sexual services. So is the bare essentials. Yes, that's right. The naked truth of it all. <laughs> the firm is accused of betraying some of its members who say their activity is not illegal. So I guess this is where that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's not an well in most countries, say the US, it's not illegal to to create the porn, I guess. So therefore, you know, should. But at the end of the day, if Patreon's a private company, they don't want to be connected with that sort of stuff. I think they're well within their go and go and raise money. It's the same as they were just talking in news stories today that um, Apple wants more content. And it's sourcing it, but it doesn't want anything to do with sex or violence on on their um, shows. And you know why not? That's that's their choice. And go somewhere else. There's plenty of other places to go. That's right. And for Apple, that's a big thing. Like that's Mm. a big thing for the the users, the mums and dads out there. They know that you're not their kid can't download a uh, a Patreon porn app or something. Yeah, they certainly wouldn't use Chrome or Safari to look at naughty sites, would they? Never, not until they're 10. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, dozens of adult content creators have signed an open letter to Patreon challenging restrictions it has placed on the creation of pornography. Now, one of the paragraphs or one of the comments in this open letter was, we know people, so this is from the people who are objecting. Wow, wow. Yeah, we know people who would be homeless if it wasn't for making porn. And it's, There you go. You're, you're keeping people... Kicking him out on the street. How could you, Patreon? You're adding to the homeless problem. And it's not a small number. So you're making people homeless because you're not letting them make porn. Jeez. What happened to other fundraising platforms? Raise it yourself. On 17th of October, the site's legal chief said he had become concerned that a small number of creators were involved in the creation of what he termed fringe adult content. Hmm. I thought they always had nice haircuts. But yeah. anyway, there you go. <laughs> I thought that was uh, one of those mystery shows like The X-Files, wasn't it? Yes, on the, out on the fringe. Hmm. Yeah, there was a show called Fringe something, something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what else, Jase? We must be nearly, nearly through you as well, so to speak. Yeah, Amazon has been granted a patent for ambitious new method of maintaining a charge in electric vehicles. Oh company wants to use drones to allow drivers to top up their vehicles without having to visit a charging station. Drivers would request a top up from a central server which would dispatch a charging drone to their location. The drone would then dock with the vehicle and start transferring power without the car ever needing to come to a stop. The solution isn't meant to administer a full charge to the car's battery, it would only supply enough power to get them to a charging station which is still in somewhat limited supply. Amazon first applied for this patent back in June 2014, but uh, like many other patents, there's no guarantee that they'll actually create a product based on the design. It could merely be an attempt to stop competitors from doing so. Mm. You would think in this day and age that batteries would be a bit too heavy for the drone to to lift, 
imagine if one of them fell on your head. But uh, yeah. wouldn't be fun. <laughs> no, but I guess it's a good idea in theory, isn't it? Like you know, you get stuck out in the middle of the desert or wherever, and you go, "Hey, I need a drone with a battery." So that could yep. be good. We had a blackout. New business for Will. Yes, yes. Will can be the the drone commander. <laughs> as he, as he sends them out. He's got a little joystick there. Yep, we're heading down the main road. Okay, turn left. We're heading outwards to Woomba now. Oh, sweeping over the KFC. <laughs> oh, stopping there on the way back. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Well, well, you have an empty empty cargo, so you might as well fill it up with something. Oh, Get exactly. a, a twenty piece bucket on the way home. The, the, and yeah, you're right. The, the drone will weigh less once it gets yeah. rid of its electricity. <laughs> So plenty of room, plenty of room. Uh, that's about it. Oh, geez, we got through all that all right, didn't we? That is about There's it. One thing we can do before we finish finish off is give a plug to a wonderful website called AussieBite.com. Okay, let's have a look. What is AussieBite.com? Is that spelt how it sounds? O Z I B Y T E. Yep. What's AussieBite do? What are those guys up to? What does it look like? Oh, can you type? <laughs> O-Z-I. Oh, O-Z-I. B-Y-T-E, Aussie. As in Aussie Ostrich. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> hey, Aussie. Oh. There Still we go. Type. No. That's, that we can... call tech support. Somebody, please. We need help. Glenn needs help. O-Z-I. B-Y-T-E dot com. O-Z-I B-Y-T-E dot com. Here it comes. Oh, look. There you go. Beautiful. Say hello to the new Fitbit Ionic family. So is this all about wearable tech news and applications? It will be when I get some more articles written, yes. Oh, is this you, is it? Yep, and I'm also going to put on some uh, tutorials there on making your own watch faces and apps and things. Oh, excellent, excellent. So Help Oz a few people out. Is Australian site with news and information about technology and wearable tech. That's all the buzz. So, yeah, good on you. Good luck with it. Uh, say hello to the new Fitback Ionic, new additions to the Fitbit family, digital watches. Yeah, anything under the first post is from about a year or two ago. So. Oh, okay. That I, I had the website with the domain and then I let it expire and then I re-registered it and just pointed it to the same uh, data that I already had there, which is still relevant, so I might as well keep it for some old stuff, but put in a lot more new information there soon. Yeah, good stuff. So O Z I B Y T E dot com. So pressure's on my now. Cool logo I made in Inkscape as looks like a Fitbit watch with the stylized O in it. Excellent. Well the pressure's on now, Jace. Yeah, that's out yep. in the out to the world. So now you've got to perform, you've got to write some blogs. Get cracking. Sure, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, good stuff. Well, that brings us to the end of another week and another show. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming in again, Jace. Always good to have a chat right. and catch up. Glad to help out. Yeah, no worries at all. So You've got to have at least one reliable person around here. Well, this is true, I know. So if anyone if anyone is out there and they want to jump on and say g'day, uh, just send us an email. Just need a headset and uh, jump on and we'll get you on and have a chat about some, some stuff and what you do and all that sort of stuff. So send us an email, glenn at aussietechheads.com.au. Uh, that's about all I think, have I said everything? I, I do have a little blurb at the bottom of my show notes, but I think I've said it all anyway at the start. Oh, has that mm -hmm. got deleted? Oh, no, been deleted. I think uh, I did, new brew. I did that today. Oh, well, anyway, <laughs> there you go. Okay, thanks for downloading, and I hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we have bring it to you. So until next week, it's bye for now. See you, Jace. Bye, everyone. Bye. bye, -bye.